Thanks for joining Cornerstone for our weekly message. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. To connect with our church family and to watch our live streams, please visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in this place. We thank you, Lord, for all the words of encouragement. And Lord, as Pastor Junior said, this is a great day to be alive. How many members of that old Travis Tritt song? It's a great day to be alive. <laughs> so, Father, we just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I'm not going to preach long. I don't plan on it unless something bad happens. I'm just going to share. Unless something good happens, I need to clear that up. It might be bad to some of you in here, but I don't know. I want to share a dream and... Uh, and just really go off of that. So, um, happy Mother's Day. I hope Catherine's going to cook us a good meal. Honor us for her Mother's Day. I don't know. And um, Emma said he got up at 4 o'clock and started cooking this morning. That's what I'm talking about. So, he made us all look bad. Um, so, but happy Mother's Day. We... We are, um, it's good to be here. Amen. Um, I had a couple of dreams this week, and I just want to really just share out of my heart more than preach a message. And, um, and I think that it'll, it'll tie into everything this morning. I think that the Lord was releasing some strategy and um, to us. You know, one of the things that Matt read, you know, I remember as you was reading that, I was reminded back of, um, man, this has been long time ago this has probably been maybe 12 15 years ago you remember that uh eddie taylor remember when he come over to alma we didn't have nothing but a guitar a set of drums and a, and a keyboard player and um and how um we had emily for for a while there i think at this time i'm not sure if emily was on the board during this season but the lord spoke to me one day during worship and he said uh emily was pregnant and i knew we had about we had probably a good uh, 10, 12 weeks or whatever, maybe not that far, but I knew we had a little bit of transition time. We was working with someone to take her spot and uh, as as she had the baby. And uh, the Lord spoke to me during worship and he said, you need to lay hands upon the guy that was going to do whatever. He said, you, you lay hands on him today and uh, and just, uh, just pray over him and set him forth. And so we did. And um, I didn't know it, but uh, but when, when we laid hands on him or whatever, but few days after that uh emily went into to labor and started uh so so he became the keyboard player and um and god anointed him i'm it's probably one of the most supernatural growths i've ever seen come upon someone and i've seen that happen before there was a there was a when i was in um a teenager there was a girl in our church that had never played went out under the power of god on a sunday morning and got up and could play the keyboard fluently that's also happened to a young man down in Brunswick, Georgia, who was a young boy, walked in a store, and he asked his mom. He said, uh, went in a music store, and he wanted to get on the drums and play. And she said, son, you can't play. He jumped up on the drums and tore them up. I mean, just wore the drums out as a little kid. His mom asked me, how, how in the world did you learn how to play? And he said, when you was praying one morning, he said, a hand come out from under the coffee table and touched me and said I could play the drums. Come on, y'all. 
I'm talking about supernatural stuff. How many knows that we should be a supernatural church? I mean, Harry Potter should not be leading in the supernatural world. That's it's, it's, it's called the church. Are you with me now? But because, like Junior says, when we abandon our call, as Bill Johnson says, when unbelievers lead the way in, in, in innovation and all, in all of those areas, it's because we have left our divine design. We're to be leading in the supernatural. Do you sit down and read the book of Acts? There's nothing natural about that. I mean, Peter shows up at, at, at his mother-in-law's house and she's laying sick with the fever. He touches her and she gets up and cooks for him. I told Catherine sometimes she'd be willing to cook. God may heal her. No, I'm cutting up. Lord, I'm going to get in trouble. Jesus, uh, help me right here. Lord, I've done dug myself in a hole. But... So God is doing something with worship. And I told Matt the other day, if uh, I was reminded of a story that... Um, how many remembers when the outpouring of God hit Brownsville? And that was the Assembly of God Church, and um, they did not have professional musicians, had people donating their time, and Linda Cooley was on the keys. And I remember when they captured that, um, they did a Brownsville, I think it was live, Volume 1 and Volume 2. He went to Nashville, Tennessee. And as he went to Nashville, Tennessee, the guys in Nashville told him, he said, my God, do not put your name on this. Do not put your name nowhere on this. This is absolutely horrible. Do not put your name nowhere on this. And so as he was on his way back to Pensacola, the Spirit of the Lord came in there and said, how do you deem imperfect what I've called and what I'm riding on? And Lyndall Cooley said, through, they went through all of that stuff and said everything that they've ever produced in Nashville, those two albums outproduced and outsold everything they've ever done. How many knows it's whatever the Lord's riding on? I mean, look at Facing the Giants, the movie that was created in Albany. That's the most horrible acting you'll ever see. But you're drawn right into it, and what pulls you into it is the presence of God that's riding upon that film and that storyline. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord, um, and help us as a church to embrace the supernatural. Um, all right, I'm going to tell this dream, and then I feel like I'm... I'm just going to pray over some people. I had one. I'm going to share the first dream because I believe the dreams are, I believe the second dream is a strategy dream and I believe the Lord is releasing wisdom in it. The first dream I have this week, um, and I've been a couple, I dream every night, but I've been a couple, uh, I've been a couple weeks without, really, I would, I would just say they're crazy. Uh, you know, I don't know what, I'm just dreaming, you know. But I dreamed this first dream right after I laid down to sleep. And in the dream, I was on the skyscraper. And, and the wind was just howling. And I was outside. I was on a staircase. And I had this large sheet of glass. And there was this one final piece of glass that had to go into the side of this building. And I remember the wind just howling so hard that, I mean, I could not. I had my hands gripped on this large sheet of glass. And the other hand, I was hanging on. And as I look in the dream, I'd see this large parking lot. And then I saw, uh, I saw Danny walk into his car and I screamed out and he started climbing the stairwell. And when he put his hands on the sheet of glass, we were able to push the glass as like the final piece into the building. And then I woke up. So the next night, this would have been Thursday, Thursday night, I have this dream. And in this dream, I have a man that I hadn't seen in, se it's been several, several years I haven't seen this guy, but I used to preach for him, uh, especially when I was younger, in my early 20s, I preached for him a lot. 
And um, he was in the vehicle with me. He did never carried on a conversation with me. I just knew that he was in the vehicle. We were in this. We were in this particular city. Uh, I just had a divine knowing. You understand in dreams. I just that they're they're metaphorically speaking to us. God is speaking to us in a in a cryptid language, if you will. Okay. And I wish to, I, sometimes I just like, Lord, I've always been a dreamer. That's how he, one of the ways he communicates with me. And I just wish, you know, man, why, why can't you just say, hey, John, I say unto thee. You know what I'm saying? Why, does, why do you got to give me all these symbols? But how many knows it's the, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the, glory, it's the honor of kings to get out and search it out. God, is, God does it, as Bill Johnson says, God doesn't hide revelation from us. He hides it for us. Because you understand that revelation is costly. That's why everyone doesn't walk in it. To whom much is given, much is required. If we can't obey and, and be faithful to even record a dream down, how, I mean, you got people say, I just wish I had dreams. Well, you're not even willing to record the last couple of dreams you had down. You, are you with me now? And some of the things that I've dreamed, is taking me, sometimes it takes me months to figure out what the Lord is trying to communicate to me. Some things are just obvious, and I've been privileged uh, to be around people um, that move in dreams um, and that uh, can interpret dreams very well. It's a subject that I've studied. I've, I've, I've read about everything John Paul's put into print, and I've tried to study it because that's the language that God is, it communicates to me. And so, um, so anyhow, there's a book if you want to, if you are a dreamer, I can just tell you this, one of the greatest, I go to this book once a week, and it's called Understanding Your Dreams Now by Doug Addison, who was also trained by John Paul Jackson. It's a very phenomenal book. It's very easy to read. And if you are a dreamer, I promise you, you'll, you'll highly enjoy that book. So in this, I, I'm, I'm with this guy. He, um, he, he's with me in my truck. We're fixing to go by this particular ministry. And as we go by this particular ministry, um, the building doesn't look nothing like that I remembered it looking. It almost looked like it almost looked circusy, if you will, from from looking at it. It was praying, it was painted bright yellow with green trim. And how many's how many's ever seen a house be moved? You know, like the house movers or whatever. They'll jack a, they jack the house up and then they put these looks like a log uh, uh, a log trailer uh, frame underneath it, and it'll have like uh, uh, tandem axles on it. That's how they roll the house. And the, and the house was jacked up, and and it had this 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 trailer underneath the house. And so as we looked at it, I got out and I examined the property and I examined the building. And in the dream, I just collapsed and began to weep. I mean, I'm talking about wailing, weeping. And the guy never said nothing to me. He just observed everything that was going on with me. And so I just wept and I wept. But to me. I was weeping over, I felt like there was a lot of unfulfilled potential. There was a lot of things that were not accomplished that God says that, that were accomplished. And um, that God said, how many knows if God said it, it will come to pass? Are you with me now? And so um, there just has to be contending sometimes for the things of God. That, that we have to make war with the prophecies. I, I'm not just talking about warring in the second heaven, but you you got to remind yourself. Martin Luther said that he had to preach in a mirror lest he himself didn't even believe his own message because he was running with something. He was such a forerunner that no one else in his day was running with, man. Are you with me now? And what you got to understand, some of the movements that you see on the earth have been going at it for a long time. I was listening to Mike Bickle on the way back. We went fishing this weekend, and, um, 
And so, man, I, Catherine is, man, she's a trooper. God didn't give us girls, he gave us boys. And, man, you know, for Mother's Day, she goes to a fish camp, but she makes the best of it, allows us to go offshore and catch some fish. And, you know, was trying to get home yesterday, and Asher, all he was saying is, one more drop, Daddy, one more drop. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but we just had a blast. And so, um, help me, Lord, right here. So I was listening to uh, Mike Bickle. And um, he was talking about, you know, they've been going at it since since the early since the 80s. And if you studied that movement in the prophetic movement, they were two key men back then, and they, they were really forerunners of what God was trying to do on an entire body. And one of those men were Bob Jones, and Bob Jones died on Valentine's Day. And Bob Jones had a death experience. I think it was in 1975, where God took him to heaven, and uh, and then God brought him back down to the earth. But God told him that he would be the, uh, a forerunner and see the, the beginning of a billion soul harvest and talk about a youth movement that would hit the earth. Matter of fact, uh, when they called Mike Bickle and told him that Bob Jones died on, I think it was 2012, 2014, maybe 2014 on February, 2014 on February, uh, on, on Valentine's Day, February 14, 2014, uh, when Bob died, Mike Bickle said, if he's still dead in the morning, you call me and I'll, I'll be on a flight headed, headed over there. You know what I'm saying? Because Bob knew that. He'd check out and come back. Anyhow, there was another man that was with those with Bob that was uh, very, very extremely prophetic, uh, had a strong anointing on his life that they believed that were forerunners uh, to a movement. And the other one was uh, Paul Kane. And Paul Kane's mother, uh, Anna Kane, was very prophetic. And she was um, in, the, in the teens and the 20s, just a strong prophetic voice. They said she was extremely accurate. And God prophesied, God promised her that she would have a son. And when she was pregnant with Paul, uh, she was very sickly. She had heart disease. She had uh, cancer tumors in her body. She was so sick that uh, when she went to the physician, the physician told her, said, listen here, ma'am, you're going to go home and die. There is absolutely no hope for you. So she contends for the promise of God on her life. And God visits her one night. And an angel actually stood in her room and touched her. When the angel touched her at 45, she lived to be 105, year, 105 when she died, and she was never sick one day in her life after the angelic visitation, and God touched her body. That's amazing, y'all. And so I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to help us. Just stay right here with me. And so, so um, she, she also received a word from the Lord, and she said, it, and, and God told her this, said, you'll give a word to your son, before you die, and it'll be the most powerful prophetic word you'll ever release, and it'll be the most powerful prophetic word he'll ever hear. So Paul was like, go on ahead and give it to me. You know what I'm saying? She's well, I don't got it. You know, God said I would. Well, anyhow, she's 100, She's 105 years old. She, she, uh, she gets in bad shape or whatever. She goes into a coma, and she never releases the word. So anyhow, uh, Paul, calls, um, call, Paul calls Mike Bickle. And he says, hey, I need you to fly to Dallas. He said, because mom's going to die tomorrow. And he's like, how do you know that? He said, man, are you kidding? I mean, you know what I'm saying? He said, God says she'll die tomorrow. So he flies to, he flies to Dallas and shores the word that Paul Cain gives. His mother does die the following day. Before she dies, she comes out of the coma. She clears the belly. She grabs Paul and she whispers a word in his ear and she dies. And Mike Bickle was in the room when she died. And he looked at the, he looked at the, um, clock and it was 418 and Anna King Paul's mother died on 418 at 418 
And the word she spoke in her, his ears was a Luke 4.18 movement that's coming on the face of the earth. Man, I feel the Lord in this room. And so Mike, I was listening to him, and he said, we've been at it since the 80s. But long before there was a KC uh, IHOP, it was just the word that was in a room that was just in a group of people that there would be night and day prayer seven days a week. And he said that now, and he just began to share that uh, round table that he was at with uh, Rick Joyner, that, um, that it... Uh, that he said, we've just stepped in the threshold of the new day of we believe in the fulfillment of that which Paul actually seen. How many knows this, that Paul's got a prophecy too where he was crossing uh, the state line on, on I-95 coming into Florida and he saw the literally stadiums uh, filled uh, in, in the Jacksonville and all that area right there. So a lot of great things. Um, so... So anyhow, so I have this dream. So I, I saw a lot of unfulfilled promises, okay? Uh, and, and so I'm weeping over that. Then the dream immediately transitioned. Now we're out of a vehicle and I'm in a room. And I'm in a room and, and a man appears to me. He's, he's an older gentleman, but he's extremely fit. I mean, this guy's like extremely fit. That's the first thing that I noticed about him was how fit he was for his age. And there was a lady sitting in the windowsill. And this is where Matt, I told him, and he said, I don't know about all this, man. You know what I'm saying? And anyhow, uh, and there was a lady sitting in the windowsill, and I was immediately drawn to her legs. And um, and uh, I heard the song by ZZ Top playing. She got lit. Now, I'm cutting up with y'all. Stay in there. See that? Some of you already didn't travel off. You know what I'm saying? Lord, we carnal. Come on. Now, help me keep it back. Right here. I was drawn to her legs, and you wouldn't have been lusting over this set of legs that I seen because they were extremely hairy legs. So it was no lust in this. She had extremely hairy legs. And I was thinking, my God, man. And here's the thing, that the man's attention that was what that I, I, was, I was observing in the room, he said, we need to braid the hair on her legs. And I'm thinking, this dude has absolutely lost his. I'm talking about I was the hair was five to six inches long hanging on her legs. And he said, we need to braid the hair on her legs. And I'm thinking, Mike, this, this, I'm just thinking, man, I don't know what's going on up in here. It's a Kool-Aid movie. This is happening in my dream. So my thoughts are going like, man, I'm not sure about this. I don't know. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That. Then I hear a voice speak to me. And it's a, it's a familiar voice. It's a guy that I know. I hear a voice speak to me. And he says this. He said, pride will always come before the fall. And I wake up. Now I'm thinking, what in the world? I don't share it really with no one. And so finally, I, I do finally send the dream to Matt. I, I've, I'm, I'm, I've got to run to Valdosta the Friday morning because um, we're leaving to go fish. I had to go board, uh, board my dog. And so on the way back, I'm praying. I'm saying, God, what are you communicating to me? What are you saying? But I know that I just said, God, I got a divine feeling that you're releasing some strategy. You're, you're trying to release some wisdom to me. I have a dream that I'm on a skyscraper. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's a major, uh, Doug Addison said, that's a, anytime you see that tall building or that, that massive, it's a, it's a major life calling. And there's, there's the wind is howling, trying to shake me from a call. Are you with me now? Glasses always represents vision. Um, uh, and, and so, you know this, the window uh, the window represents vision, the lady sitting in there. 
And so I just begin to think about this. I know because I'm a dream studier, okay? Anytime you see leg, it means advancement. The color green means growth. It has a negative meaning, which can mean uh, envy and greed. Are you with me now? And so, but, but yellow means courage on the positive and caution and fear on the negative side. But I didn't feel anything negative in this dream. Why would this woman have hairy legs? Uh, and so I know that hair means beauty and strength. So I see advancement. I see strength in this dream. I see courage in this dream. And I see growth in this dream. What is God trying to speak to me? So I begin to pray in that. And I just told, I, I told Matt, I said, I'm telling you, man, I, I believe I heard the Lord on this. And I've sent this to a couple of people, uh, prophetic intercessors. That, and they, they all feel like that we, we're on it right here. And so what I feel like today, I feel like that dream come two days before Mother's Day. And I feel like what God was speaking to me is he's trying to raise up. I know that Lou Engel's running this, but, but I feel like God is saying here to our local body that he wants to bring, there's, there's strength and there's giftings inside some women in this room. This is why he said you got to braid the hair on her legs. If you want advancement to come in this body, I'm telling you, in the next season we're entering into, we're going to see some women hold this mic that you would never think would hold this mic. Come on, somebody. I'm just telling you, there's some. I, I pray with two or three strong women every Monday in this room. You know what I'm saying? There is some strength in this room, and I've tried. I've, got, I've gathered some men in our cabin. I've tried to. I've tried to run with some men, and I've tried to. And I just felt like the Lord said, "Son, listen here. There's some women in this room." There's some women that is connected to this body that are going to be movers and shakers in the next in the next season that can move this church. Church, come on, somebody. You don't have to be in rocket science to realize we're in a major run up in this building. Come on, nobody hardly responds to the move of God. I watched it last Sunday when the Lord come in this room. We look like near-death experience. The reason why this is happening is we have got our affairs off of God and onto the things of this world. And the greatest thing, Mom, that you can leave to a child is not a trophy. It is not a shopping trip. It is a prayer life that you can instill in your child and teach them about the things of God. That is the greatest thing we could ever leave behind. The greatest thing I can leave my son is not a fishing trip. It is not money. It is not my house. It is not my other house. It is a prayer life. And how do you get a hold of God? Come on, somebody. We have got to learn how to refocus some things in this season. And I believe the women are tender to the things of God that can help us even as men. I believe I've heard the voice say pride become up before the fall is because men never like to take and let the reins come into the woman because we've been taught that. Well, you can't let Jezebel get his head. I've seen, I've seen Absalom way more than I've ever seen Jezebel in the church. Are you with me now? It is not Jezebel that has killed us in the church. So I feel like God's trying to bring a movers and shakers through some women. Y'all all right with that? And so in the, I think they do four a year in the Magnolia Journal. Chip always writes an article in there and I was sharing this with a friend on the way home last night and they were sharing me about this article. And Chip talked about how that he's always taking the role. He's always taking the lead. He's the funny guy. He always takes the lead. And so when they were going in and, and before investors and trying to get people to buy into the vision that they were doing, he said that when he would communicate in the room, no one would respond. But he said all of a sudden, Joanna would start telling them 
about what she wanted to do and how it did. And he said that she would just pull everyone in into her world. And they said, you know what, man, we're 100% behind you. And he said, what I had to learn, learn to do is to take my place and realize, hey, man, God's gifted her with something here. And if we're going to take this vision to where we see it happening or to where we, where we, where we need to see it go, then I'm going to have to learn how to let her take the lead. Now, how many knows? Now, she's not taking the lead when it comes to demoing the house. Are you, you don't see her in there ripping cabinets off the wall. You know what I'm saying? She comes in on the show, tell him how far he is behind, tighten it up. You know what I'm saying? And she's got to get in here, throw the decorations on the wall. But how many knows after taking and letting her take the lead and getting those investors that Chip is probably not upset with her today because he's not driving that old Chevy when the show started off. God has brought tremendous strength, tremendous growth, and all of that in there. So we got to learn how. Now, let me say this. I don't think this is something new. I think this is something that has been here for a while. And I remember when I brought Pastor Bo in here, that one of the things he said is he said, I really feel like that, um, that God is, uh, is wanting to raise up some women in here. So let me just say this. Larry and Kayla sitting at the back. We call Larry wild man. But you know what I thought about Larry. Larry, come here. Come here right here. Y'all all right? I'm fixing to pray, and we're going to go, we're going to beat somebody to a, to a buffet today in Jesus' name. There you go. Father, we love you, Lord. We call Larry, wild man out of the bunch. He'll send some strange texts out from now and that time and take the Spirit of the Lord to figure them out. Like he sent out last night about his eating catfish. I mean, we thought it was some man. But let me say this, Larry. This is what I thought about you, and I want to say this publicly right here. That to an average person, you're a wild, extreme, a little bit over the top. But what I see on you is a burning, flaming heart for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, when you when you in a bunch of dead coals, you are the burning light that stands out. We need flames. We need people of fire to remind us of what the, what it's like to really burn, to what it's like to walk with a lot of passion. I used to. I, I, there's been times that I've been so on fire. They're like, man, just calm John down, man. I used to tell me a lot of times when I was young, man, you got to let him get behind the pulpit and let him preach. But it was just because I was just in that place of communion with the Lord and I was just truly burning. Never lose your flame. You're a challenger. Uh, I mean, you, you're a mighty man. That's, that's just who you are. And Father, I thank you for Larry. I thank you for his heart. I thank you for the call of God on his life. I thank you that you sent him here to remind us of the rut that we've been in, Lord. And God, I pray, Father, that you would use his fire and you would ignite everyone in this room in the name of the Lord God, in Jesus' name. His wife, Kayla. Stand up, Kayla. You come up here. 
man, I'm telling you of a strength in this body. You think I can pray for you? You ain't, you ain't seen nothing. I can't even touch this woman in the realm of prayer. I, I have the privilege of praying with her on Mondays, her and I am. I and it never goes. I'm telling you this. If anything, if I think anything's coming near my family, all I got to do is call her. Even if Alan don't want to pray, she'll hold him down at gunpoint, make him pray all night. I love it. Jesse, too. She put him on the dirt. You better be praying for that man. How many knows this church? We gotta, we gotta come up. This has never been about me and Catherine. God never sent me here to build the John show. I don't want to build the John show. I'm looking for pillars in this room, though, that can tote some weight and can carry and say, hey, can you do that? Come on. Don't tell me you have these gifts when the presence of God shows up, you will activate in your gift. If I turn around and your arms are folded when the presence of God is in this room, it tells me one thing. You're lethargic, you're unaware of what's going on in the room, or you do not have the gift that you say you possess. When the Lord shows up, the singer will sing, the dancer will dance, the preacher will preach, the prophet will prophesy, the teacher will be taking notes. Come on, somebody. Kayla, this is a powerhouse team in this house. I can tell you that. Church, you hear what I'm telling you. I'm talking about some strength up in here. This is some strength in this house. This woman can grab the mic and preach and teach on faith and other things too. Are you with me now? So when we talk about mothers, this is what I'm after. I appreciate us raising our kids, and I'm all about doing that well, but we need some mothers up in here that can teach us how to pray. Come on, like a Katie Statham. Come on now. Let me tell you, there's a depth inside of her. You would never know it sitting here, but if you got in a small room with Katie Statham, let her tell her you what she's seen. She's been in the rooms with A.A. Allen when things were shaking and moving. Come on, somebody. This is the mother's we need and what God is trying to let me tell you what it is we, we've been in the apostolic where the one guy's the chief apostle and he's up here and it's his gift and it's, it's his show and I'm not knocking that I thank God for everything but I'm looking for an apostolic movement in an apostolic movement it's led in a family where there's a granddad there's a dad and there's brothers and sisters there's other father there's other mothers and fathers in that environment and God is wanting to release that today he's wanting to release a motherhood anointing on this whole house. Not on Catherine, not just on Kayla, not on Teresa, not, not just on the whole entire body of people. So how do you teach a, how do you teach a young couple when the devil comes into their house? You got to teach them how to pray. But I watched some things come against our house. I, I, I pulled up in my yard before and think somebody was in there dying. It sounded like somebody, I mean, I busted open the door one time, scared to death. Catherine's son was in there in the carpet. I'm talking about just, what was she doing? She was coming against anything coming against that home. Come on, somebody. She was in a place of prayer. Now, every Monday, whether you know it or not, this woman's praying over your business, your marriages, your finances, your children, they are walking this room for two and a half hours every Monday morning praying over this body. Even those of you that never show up but once in a month, she's covering your whole household in prayer. These are the people that's got you covered. Not me, not, not Catherine. These people right here in this body who don't get a dime, who don't get a recognition, they are covering your family in prayer.
Come on, somebody. There's a depth here. And this is what I feel like that God's going to use us to be like Jack's underneath the house to move and to shake it. And I want you at the very end, I want you, you, I want you to pray over the women in this house, okay? All right? Alan and I am also meet on two on Mondays. Who else is in that? Now don't the whole house don't show up at that because if I don't call you, I don't need you to show up, okay? I see, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm not going to fight other prayer. I, we all on the same page of what we do, okay? But Miss Maydean's in that group too. We're praying over this whole entire region, not just for this church. We pray for the leaders in this region. God bless them in the mighty name of Jesus. Are you with me? So how did, how do, how do, when I started out, God always knows what you need. He sent me and Catherine and our church was pastored by a woman. Oh my gosh, it made me angry at times. I would, degrade, I would tell you this, Catherine, remember this is, my, this is my biggest sin that I did. I got so angry one time, I said, if God would turn you into a man, I would really appreciate it for about five minutes. But she was just hard on me, man. I mean, just cut at me every day. I mean, I could take a cutting, but I mean, a little, sometimes put some salve on some wounds before you just create a bunch of other ones. But let me tell you what she taught me. One of the things she taught me was about the presence of God. I cannot sing. But I can lead people into the presence of God because it's where I live. And she taught me at this time, I come out of a Pentecostal church. So I thought our song services, we just took time before the preacher got up there because that was the main event. Notice this, that Israel never gathered around preaching. They gathered around the presence of God. David never gathered around preaching. He gathered around the presence of God. And the American church, what we want to do is allow, we want to gather around preaching. But if we'll start gathering around worship and prayer, we'll see a lot more advancement come to the church. As Leonard Ravenhill said, the prayer closet allows no showing off. Preaching allows one to display his talents, but prayer allows no showing off. You with me? So she taught me about the transition of praise into worship. She taught me about the importance of worship in a house. And she taught me about there's got to be a place Come on, y'all. I can't break this all down to you. But let me tell you this. The intimacy, I got three children, so you know you, you know, you know, me and Catherine's got it in more places than just a prayer room. Are you with me now? But it don't just start out in the bedroom. Are you with me now? It starts out at the beginning of the day. You know what I'm saying? When she's off to, when she's off to work, when I tell her how good she looks. Are you with me now? It starts when she comes in, when I tell her how awesome she is and how good she looks. And then I learn, how, I mean, come on now. You got to put the Commodores up in here and set the atmosphere to what's about to go down up in here. I can't break it down no more than that now. We got kids up in here. You with me now? So it's the same way with we lose the congregation when we transfer from praise to worship because anybody can praise God. Praising God is about what He's done for you. Come on, somebody, and about who He is. Anybody can praise God. 
but you lose people in the transition from the outer court into the into the inner court. That's where the, all the stuff, the sweat and the blood's going on in the outer court. This is where the sacrifice goes down. Are you with me now? But it's only the intimate ones that'll make it through the veil into the inner court. But it's only in the inner court, come on somebody, where life-changing experience takes place. Hebrews says it like this, as long as the outer tabernacle remains, we cannot enter into the holy place. So you're not entering into the holy place with the outer tabernacle, the body and soul. Come on, somebody. It must be those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We're trying to get to the place where your spirit intertwines with his spirit and communion takes place. Come on, somebody. Then we'll have a lot of babies running around inside the church because we're learning how to be intimate with the Father. But it takes it takes a while to get there because when we come into the building, we got to see what everybody else is wearing, what everything happened this week, and all of this stuff. When we learn how to come to the house of God in the instruction in the Word, we enter His courts. Come on, somebody, with 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 praise and His gates with thanksgiving. We begin to thank God on the way on the way to the house of God. Father, I thank you for everything that you've done for my family. Come on, somebody. When I made it back to land yesterday, I'm taking my family out 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 deep sea fishing. I said, Father, I thank you for a great day on the water. I thank you that nothing happened with the boat. I thank you that we caught plenty of fish. We had a blast and now my family safe. Come on somebody. This is it. But we got people who love outer court, outer court praise, but don't transition into worship because you're never getting there with your soul. You're not, you, don't, you can't just worship God with your logic. Following that lady taught me that. She taught me the importance of hearing the voice of God. She taught me about the prophetic. And there's and her mantle of anointing is upon my life to some degree. Emily will be here on the 23rd. You'll see that anointing that was upon her is transferred on Emily's life. And you'll, you'll begin to partake of that cup. Are you with me now? But she also told us, let me say this. I'm, I'm almost done right here. 1 Peter 4, 7, I think it's this. Is it, no, 1 Peter 3, 7. It says this. Husbands, treat your wives as a weaker vessel. The Bible never calls her weak. The Bible never says that a woman is weak. It says to treat her as the weaker vessel. So, I mean, I'm not going to go home and tell Catherine, you know what, that fish box is slammed full of no fish on ice. Go out and clean them for me. Man, although that would be awesome. No, I'm cutting up with you. I'd rather, I, I like you where you are. You don't need me no. <laughs> hey. But it says, for she is a partaker of the grace union with you. You see that? She's a co- Man, when God created Eve, He pulled her out to make the man have synergy. He separated them, brought them back together so they'd be one. You understand what I'm saying? If you want to talk about the power of prayer and you call me to pray for you, I just told you how bad she is, you call her. But if you grab your, the person you married, which is the greatest union on the face of the earth, 
there's no greater agreement on the face of the earth than you and your spouse. When you grab that hand and say, Father, in the name of Jesus. You understand what just happened? I just strapped a 50 cal on in the realm of the spirit. Come on, somebody. Devil, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. I said, devil, get out of this house. Loose my kids in the name of Jesus. This is who she is. She's not a weakling running around here that can't defend nothing. She's got boots on and camo. Come on, somebody. She's got a weapon of her own. She's bad. This is woman. And she she has the nurturing side to care, to run along, all of those things. But she's not weak. And the church has made the woman, I ain't got time to go into all this, but in some denominations, the woman can't speak. and She can't speak in the sanctuary, but she can teach back here in the back corner of a Sunday school room. What that is, is ignorant icicles of the Word of God. Come on, somebody that is full of pride that will not humble themselves. You can't tell me that Heidi Baker's not an apostle. I don't care if you believe that a woman could be an apostle or not. If you go do the stuff she done, then we might call you one also. That woman is an apostolic gift to the body of Christ. Women can be in the ministry gifts, the fivefold. Prophets, there's neither Greek nor Jew in the sight of God, male nor female. God is no respecter of person. Roland, ain't, Roland Baker's not walking around wondering if his wife is apostolic or not, okay? I mean, she's raising the dead, folk. Hear me? Blind eyes are opening, deaf ears are opening. She's planted thousands of churches. I watched Andrew Womack at a conference one time say this. He was standing on the stage and said people has beat up his message because of the way he teaches and all. He was talking about the grace message. And I think he said he had raised four people from the dead. He said, when you raise somebody from the dead, then come up here and challenge my message. How many of that just shut all the haters up right there? Man, give me one. I want to go down there to Purvis and snatch somebody up. Then it's over with then. Yeah, I mean, it's over with then. You go to Purvis and snatch them up. I mean, I'm t- fully embalmed. Then you got, well, can they be embalmed or not? If God's raising them from the dead, he ain't worried about if they embalmed or not. I had a dream when I was preaching a funeral, and there was an oak casket in front of me, and a man jumped up out the casket. I ain't made it there yet. But I can tell you if that happens, you don't have to put anything on the Internet to see if somebody's coming to your church. Uh, you ain't got a seat next Sunday. Folk get here at 1105, they, they gone. How do you? Because it's in the Bible. The Bible says even as great as Jesus was at La- after he raised Lazarus from the dead, that the house was filled not because Jesus was there. They came to see Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead. <laughs> WALB going to be in your yard. How'd you snatch I just went in there and said, in the name of Jesus, and this man got up. <laughs> Are you with me? Let's stop right there. I was going to show you a couple of clips. No, I'm do it. Esther was chosen for a time such as this. I feel like there is something to do. And by the way, what I did was with the what I did with a group of men was I said this. I'm going to take this, 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 this group here. I'm going to start here, 
I'm going to start here and I'm going to grow the group outside of that as many as I can and then, you know, doing that. So I, I wrote down, this was two weeks ago, I said, I'm going to write down, okay, some women that, that I mean, that I, I think I can grow us, uh, outside of that with. You know what I'm saying? So I'll start with a group of women. Hey, it may be three women at the beginning. It may be four, maybe five, and grow it outside of that. And what you should do outside of that is you take the, the 12 men now that I have, those 12 men should be building their own team like that that they're working into. Y- y'all, is this not how, how it's supposed to be? Or, or are we just going to fall into, are we going to fall into what we have for generations where we just pay the preacher and he just goes do the work of ministry? I didn't sign up for nothing like that. Neither would, ne- I never will I do something like that. That's what's crippled the church in the South that we've, we've got preachers up here that are employees of the church instead of shepherds that stand to equip a body to go do the work of ministry. Are you with me now? You don't create advancement by just... You create investment, uh, advancement when, when we're able to multiply ourselves. Are you with me? So I want, if you're a woman up in this house... And we're not confused in here if we're male or female, okay? I mean, well, these are days we're in now. Dennis, if you stand up, we're going to set you down, okay? I'm cutting up with you. No, I'm playing. <laughs> you know I'm playing, man. He's going to get me. Miss Kayla, I want you to come up here. If you're a woman, I want you to stand up. I'm telling you right now, I believe God's going to deposit a fresh grace of anointing upon your life. I promise you right here, it's going to come upon you. You need to raise your hands and be ready to receive. There's a fresh touch coming upon you right now. Woman of God, there is a fresh touch coming upon you right now. Listen, you cannot sit on the sidelines in this body. You can't, we've got to begin to braid the hair of the gifts and the talents that are in this room. I'm telling you, we've got to. We've got to. We've got to. Pray over these women. Esther up this morning because the last two months I've been having ladies come to my house at 1.30 on Thursday, so I'm entering that invitation out there again. Any lady here is welcome to come to my house at 1.30 on Thursdays. We've been teaching about Esther. You know the crazy thing about it is we ain't got to chapter one yet. So what's that telling you? We're learning about the women of God. We're learning about God's paths and ways for women. We go in and the Holy Ghost takes over. That's what needs to be done now. But we've also, I've told all the ladies, and I'm telling you, for such a time as this that you are here in this season, you're in this church and in in this body for now. Now hear me. For such a time as this, God has got a calling upon each and every one of your lives. And he's going to bring it to surface. Your talents, your gifts for him. You think, I haven't got anything to give. You do. You've got a lot to give. We got mothers in here. We got teachers in here. We got evangelists in here. We got prophets.
got preachers in here. We got prayer warriors in here. For such a time as this you have been called, says the Lord. Do not sit back, but stand up and take your place in this body. Not only in this body, but in, out in the community, in your workplace, in your family. The enemy has done everything he can in this area to make you think less of yourself. I came here three years ago and I kept on looking. I said, Lord, what's going on here? These women have got so much to give. What is going on? He says the enemy has come in and he's brought in depression and oppression and all these things against you to stop you because there's magnifying gifts and gifts in you that need to be given out. So for this morning, Heavenly Father, we just come to you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for such a time as this you have called these ladies unto you, Lord. And we stand in your courts and we say, tear down everything, God, that is not of you, Lord. Help them to decrease, oh God, that you may increase within them, Lord. Open their spirits, God, that they may be filled, pressed down and running over with the Holy Ghost, that they may know exactly their place and what they're to do and how they're to do it. And Satan, we bind every snare and every net of the enemy against them. What has called them to think less, whatever voices they've heard before, God, give them clarity to their ears that they may be able to hear only you, Lord. Let them discern the voice of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Stir up those gifts and callings within them, God, that they can come forth and stand where you've called them to stand. For such a time of this, says the Lord, I have called unto you. Come up higher. For I love you, daughters. I love you. I have a plan already set out for you. Thank you, Father. We give you praise and honor and glory in this place today. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. He corre anana makashe ere la mai ere la moroso de ale la moko sande ere la moko sande. We thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, Lord, for your daughters. Thank you, Lord. Oh, re me ke sore anana makale la moroso ere la makase ere la makai ere la mai ere la moko 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 sande ata. Ooh, bring forth your dreams and visions to your women of God. Thank you, Father. In their midnight hours, God, as they get up and they pray that the Holy Ghost fall on them fresh and new. Let a stirring stir within them that they've never experienced before, God, a deeper Deeper, deeper wells with you, O oh God. Oh, remeke sorry, ananamakasa eramakose adalamakosande. Thank you, Holy Ghost.
have your way and your will, Father, in this place. Lord, not only with the women, but with the men, God. For this is the season, not only just for the women, but for the men, God. We thank you, Lord, that you're giving them a tender heart, God, for you. We thank you, Lord, they're standing up in areas where they never stood up before, God. We thank you, Lord, for Christian businesses in this place, God. We thank you, Lord, that you're bringing them up. You're rising them up. We thank you, Lord, where the funds have been short, God, that we've got supernatural increase coming in on the north, south, east, and west. We thank you, Father, that there will not be one need that is not met, Father, because you told us that we shall have the desires of our heart, God, the desires of our heart. I ask you, Lord, to touch every family in here this morning. If this will only be Mother's Day, <laughs> this will be your day, for this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I thank you, Father, for unity. Unity. Where there has been bickering before, we bind the spirit of bickering in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord, for unity. Unity. Unity in the spirit. Unity in the families, Father. That the joy of the Lord be restored. Oh, in Jesus' name, we give you praise. We praise you, Father. We glorify you, Lord. Thank you. One more thing. No, I'm just going to be led with the Holy Spirit. I want you all to raise your hands one more time. Because the Holy God, just keep on hearing the Holy Ghost says, I got something to deposit like he was saying. And you're like, what is that? I don't know. Heavenly Father, we yield unto you this morning. And we raise our hands and we ask you, Lord, to fill us, deposit into us. Only what you can do, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Receive in the name of Jesus. And sometimes, lady, with the Spirit, you have to say, I receive. Receive what the Spirit of the Lord has given me. That means, lady, I want to hear you say, I receive what the Spirit of the Lord has for me. Because by faith, you're receiving it. And by faith, you're asking for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, this morning. Amen. Man, I want to say one other thing and then we're leaving. Um, there's a book. It's written by Chris Volatin's wife, Kathy. It's called The Good, The God, The Good, and The Ugly. And you know all of us, all of us drink from the well of Bethel music. But let me tell you where she writes a story in that book. When they were all in Mountain Chapel up in the Trinity Alps, they did a little women's retreat. Benny had, you know, maybe 20 women or whatever. And they prayed, worshiped, and just talked. You know what I'm saying? Like if you go to Miss 
Miss Kayla's house. I mean, she don't be watching Johnny uh, Gaines in there in the kitchen. She gonna have the Bible in there with you. You know what I'm saying? Well, she'll be normal, right? So they go and do this worship deal or whatever. So they come back to the church. And I don't know, I, I wasn't there at, at, you know, Bill was pastoring in this little church in the Trinity Alps called Mountain Chapel. Well, the women come back. And the men, you know, at worship service, we were doing what men do. They clap, you know what I'm saying? Jesus. They were worshiping, thinking, you know, I wonder if the fish are biting today, you know. They were worshiping. Well, these ladies been away with God three days in the cabin. So they come in there waving flags, running around the room. And Kathy said to Chris, just like, what happened to y'all? You know what I'm saying? Well, what do you think happened? When that group of women got freed up and started worshiping God, waving the flags, running around that church. Y'all, I don't know if y'all hear me. Cornerstone used to be known for, yeah, we'd go for it. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I'm just, I'm just, know that someone sent me a post the other day that wrote about that, said, we're thanking Pastor John, a Cornerstone Baptist Church. I sent it to Cleve, I said, even the community know we're Baptists. I'm going to get in trouble for that statement. Yeah. Says group of women, <laughs> they run around the church worshiping the Lord. Broke the whole deal off of that. So wave the flag, Crystal. Wave the flag. Wave it in front of the camera. I don't care if nobody don't understand it or not. The flag's meaning something. We, we say he's Jehovah Nissi, the Lord God, our banner, and he's waving over us. I know the Bible. Come on, somebody. Zephaniah 317, the Lord God dances and rejoices over you. He is dancing and twirling over us right now in the heavenlies. So, Father, I bless this body in the name of the Lord God. I come back behind Kayla again, and I thank you for the deposit that you've placed within us in this room this morning. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, by faith, something went into you this morning. You have received an impartation from the heavenly realm. You've received strength in this room. You've received encouragement in this room. Come on, somebody. You need to say that. I'm full of courage right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. This church was yellow. Moving forward, it's going to take courage. You remember in the movie Braveheart, men doesn't follow, men don't follow titles, they follow courage. We need men of courage and ladies of courage in this room. Man, where is it? You remember in the scripture in Judges where Jael, the, the children of Israel being uh, beat up by the Canaanites? And you remember uh, uh, Deborah prophesied to Barak that they're going to defeat the, the uh, Canaanites? God's going to give uh, Syria into his, uh, into his hand? How did that happen? There was a housewife named Jael. Syria coming to her tent. He wanted some water. She gave him some milk. He laid down in her tent. She was a tent maker. Come on, somebody. You ain't got to be no preacher. You with me now? You ain't got to be a... He laid down. Clay, the scripture says she grabbed a tent peg and a hammer. Drove it through his skull. God delivered the Canaanites through a lady named Jael. Come on, somebody. That was prophesied from a woman, Deborah, to a man by the name of Brock. He didn't have to go to war with him. God laid him down to sleep right there in that tent. She drove the peg through his head. I declare that's who you are, woman of God. Come on, somebody. You're mighty in this room. 
You're mighty in this room. Don't tell me if you can lay down and give birth to a child, you're bad. I'm telling you right now. You are a mighty woman of God. All right. So, uh, no, no. We, <laughs> so he's all over this. I can't help but share it. So I've been in a book, and it's all about fear not owning you. And in this book, what I've learned is you don't need confidence, woman of God. You do not need confidence. Confidence will come with experience. You need the courage of God. We need courage. You're going to have to do some things, and I'm preaching to myself right now. You're going to have to do some things shaking in your boots because God said do it, and you've been moved upon to do it, and you're scared to death, and you might sound like you're stuttering, but you are yet still going to do it, and confidence will come upon you after you've done that thing enough. Don't look for confidence. Don't look for that because our confidence and our hope is not in ourselves. It's not in our ability. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ to provide what we need when he tells us to do a thing. So I prophesy over you, woman of God and man of God, the confidence of heaven to back you, the courage within you to operate in what God is calling you to do. And I had a dream too this week. And in that dream, I saw a hundred thousand pairs of old horn rim glasses coming to me like they were trying to get on my face. They were flying to me from all directions. And I knew the Lord was speaking about vision in that dream. But he wasn't just speaking about vision. He was talking to me about old vision. And without vision, the people perish. But we got to be careful and mindful and prayerful that we are not operating and looking through the lens of an old way. And so today, Lord, I pray over our sight, Father, that we would see through heavenly vision, always enough, always fresh manna, always the way we need to see it, Father. And so, Lord, I declare and prophesy that over the men and women of this house, Father, that we would see with eyes that you see through in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go eat. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed our weekly message. Thank you for joining us. We want to connect with you. Please visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc where you can find our social media information and directions to download our smartphone app. This will keep you connected to all things Cornerstone. We pray that you have a wonderful week.